Alright, and five for... What did I start at five? What am I doing? I don't podcast anymore. Mike, it's Fitz. It's the Blowout Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm just going with your six. We're just rolling with it. Like, I feel like I'm, uh, who's the baseball player that didn't know his age? So, Aroldis Chapman, maybe. I don't want to be skin profiling, but there was a Dominican guy. They were like, nah, bud, you're actually like three years older. Yeah, at some point, maybe like in your late 30s, you start forgetting your age. But Daniel Monte, for sure. Not when you're that young. Or, yeah. Although, maybe he was lying about his age. Yeah. It was definitely a Yankee. Let me see. Baseball player, unknown age. Miguel Tejado? Well, okay, anyway. Fuck that. We'll figure it out later. Point is, we're not 100% sure this is year six, but I'm pretty <clears throat> no sure idea. Yeah. No idea. There was, when we, neither of us had very serious job. When you had a very serious job, I didn't have a very serious job. Then I have a very serious job. Fitz is doing freelance stuff. Now I have a kid. That's the only faces I know. You're trying to study running backs while also <laughs> having household like craziness going on. Yeah. And it, which means being a full time dad at times and, and like twenty four hour dad at times. Meanwhile I'm like I have my own real my own life shit that has nothing to do with having a child. It's like <laughs> the other end of the spectrum, but I'm busy as fuck. Right. Working on a documentary and moving and all sorts of shit going on. And but the the one thing I know I have to make sure I get right. Are the running backs in my fantasy football? 100%. 100%. My life is going to be miserable for the next, what, 17 weeks now? If I don't don't nail this running back position. Um, So, yeah, this is is how you get in the playoffs. This is everything. What gives you a chance to get into the title? Even if you don't draft running backs at the beginning, it's, it's knowing why you don't want to draft them. It's knowing what their warts are. Or why they're going to repeat what they did the year before, all that shit. Knowing where you're comfortable with this collection of running backs that are in front of you this season. Which is, um, I don't love it. I felt like last year I felt a little bit better. Um, namely because of Zeke has crept in back up into the first round because we've just kind of like forgotten what happened last season somehow and Saquon's coming off a major injury and there's so many like is he even going to play week one um and then of course McCaffrey missed the entire season running back position was pretty brutal last year just if you didn't hit the ones which Cook Henry Camara Chubb missed time Aaron Jones usage was way down Jonathan Taylor was a wild ass ride 
Eckler missed most of the season. Gibson was a very uh, popped. Yeah, very very a, happy surprise. He's a rookie, yeah. I was fading that guy because just there was just too many factors going into it. There was never played running back before consistently. Well, bad. The one, well the, yeah, the one that bit me was Clyde. Yep, Clyde Clyde crept up and just didn't stop. He was like, "Well, what if we take him mid first round?" And it's like, "Fucking hold on, what?" And it's and there was a good, it was a good argument, a lot of good arguments for him. There was not there the reasons. Clyde didn't light the thing on fire last year are still confusing to me. It wasn't because of his lack of talent, because no. he has plenty of talent. Um, right. Maybe his receiving prowess wasn't as developed as I thought, or as we thought, but mm-hmm. coming out of LSU and torching out you know, Alabama and all those teams, whatever, like, you know, they drafted him because typically Andy Reid will get one running back and shove him up your ass mm-hmm. for every game, yep. and he's done that pretty much his entire career, and so yeah. I'm like, I'm going to bank on that in the league's best offense. And I'm not going to expect him to get like less than half the snaps in the red zone or in the green zone. And yeah. He barely got the ball. He got stopped, I think, remember, it was week one. He had already scored a touchdown from like 25 yards out. They get in the five-yard line, and it's late in the game, and he's already gotten stuffed three times inside the, in the, you know, in the green zone. They come, and then they kick the field goal. They come back, and they do the same thing again. And they get stuffed. So in, on his stat line, he's got six rushes inside the, the green zone for no touchdowns against the same defensive line because mm-hmm. of offensive line. Apparently, it was going to suck that year. Apparently, wasn't just it wasn't just apparent. It was obvious. Mm-hmm. And uh, it played out the rest of the year. I think he had ten touches inside the five yard line last year. I think that's the entire season. Whenever we throw out these, like, so last year it was like, uh, well, these rookies haven't had time with their teams. They're not going to be any good, right? That was a thing that people were, I'm going to avoid all rookies. There's no, there's no training camp for them. And you watch, you know, Justin Jefferson pop off, and you watch C.D. Lamb, whenever he plays with Dak, be a top 20 wide receiver, and those are wide receivers. But that's the one instance where I'm like, maybe that was it for him. And if it's not across the board, you apply it to where these rookies didn't fit in and didn't have time to jump in. And a team as established as the Chiefs, where you know the pecking order. I mean, it's Kelsey's open, ball's going there. If he's not, give Tyreek another half second, ball's going there. Oh, maybe I'll just throw in 40 yards in the air to Miko Hardman, right? Like, they're, how you slice that offense up is very well established. And maybe that was it for Clyde. But whenever we do these blanket statements of the rookies aren't going to be good or this is why all the rookies didn't, aren't going to pan out, it never works that way. It just doesn't. Um, but I think that might have been the case for Clyde. I think he just went into an established team where Patrick Mahomes is like, man, I don't fucking need to throw you the ball six times a game. Like, I just don't. Our offense is so diverse, and I have so many mismatches already. We thought it was going to be... You know, they were going to turn into Optimus Prime. He was going to be at least 12, 13 touchdowns yeah. for Clyde. Yeah, I thought for sure. And I didn't take him anywhere, and it wasn't for a lack of trying. Like, if I would have been in the draft, right draft position, I would yeah. have ended up taking Clyde. Um, but also, just, he, he was a helium guy. He was a guy that just kept rising. And Najee's like that this year for me. He could have... One of the best rookie seasons any running backs ever had, and still not finish as a top ten running back. Where's the highest you've seen him go? Uh, Najee is what like early second 
like very early second, which, like 13, 14. Which feels about right to me. It's not as, well, maybe because I'm comparing it to Clyde uh, last year, but he is getting every fucking touch. Right? Yeah. And there's zero competition. We'll, we'll, we'll go in and we'll t- take him, get in order, and we'll be down there at 12 or 13. We'll get to him in a second. But uh, Clyde is just an example of, of you have to nail that first rounder. Mm-hmm. Or then now you're swimming upstream. Right. And like we were talking about on the, on the overall, you have, if you're taking a first round running back, you fucking have to nail it. Mm-hmm. He, he performed like a back end of the second round. He wasn't mm-hmm. terrible last year. No. But in the first rounder, you have to, he has to perform like a first rounder. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you can't you really also, have anything less unless you pop somewhere else. You could also see it coming, though, like, they started letting go of the rope on Clyde. First game, he ran the ball, like, 25 times against whoever that was because the Chiefs were just like, yeah, I can win this way oh, yeah, against was- your team. And that was kind of an overall thing last year, too, His teams were like, this season's going to suck. We're playing with COVID. Let's just see if we can win some games on the ground first eight, ten weeks, and then they kind of opened it up, right? Some teams just, Buffalo just came out and was like, fuck you. Like, I'm throwing it 50 times. But a lot of the good teams were like, I'm pacing myself. Buccaneers were like that, right? Like, Mike it's, Evans got like two targets in a lot of games. And, man, you know, and you look back on you're like, like what you just said, you're like, Andy Reid probably knew he was going to have some problems offensive line. We're playing one of the worst teams probably in the NFL. Let me see if I can, uh, you know. Those Texans, right? That was the Texans. And Clyde got like 25 carries. He had a ton of carries, and he was great. Yeah. And, and I, you know, he kind of went on the back burner for a while, and then they played Buffalo in a bad weather game, and then they did it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even maybe he got false, you know, yeah. security thinking his offensive line was good because of a few of those yeah. games. But there's a reason that they threw so much in the red zone. But now they got these linemen back. Clyde's ADP is already baked into what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're taking the middle of the second round, I'd say don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do way worse than he did last year. And I think he could pop this year. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a zombie for me, especially going behind, like, Joe Mixon, which is where he's going this year. Like, I'll take Clyde in front of Joe Mixon over and over and over and over. And probably in, ahead of Antonio Gibson over and over and over right now. Uh, but I don't have to because those guys are going ahead of him. Let's start at the top if you want. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We'll- uh, Christian McCaffrey is the 1.1 until he proves otherwise, and I don't really want to be the guy owning him. <laughs> like, he's one of those dudes where I'm like, yeah, he's the number one overall, but I don't want the first pick. I don't have a number one. You don't? I you don't. got Dalvin? I got Dalvin. Yeah. I got Dalvin number one. Dalvin's a badass. I mean, we've talked about him on this podcast yeah. since he was coming into the league. Yeah. We were, it was a love fest. And it has been basically for three or four years, except he's, for the injury years that we knew he was going to be coming off of. He's the most complete running back since. Shit, man. I can't even remember a dude where I'm like, I just feel so good about how, how awesome he is at football. <laughs> like, he, Dalvin is such a nightmare. He was number two in fantasy points per game behind McCaffrey, but he had 10 less touches a game mm-hmm. than McCaffrey. Yep. His numbers, and this is the reason why I have them, and I. <laughs> I actually have McCaffrey third, uh, but it's because of McCaffrey's been hurt now. We've he's shown mm-hmm. he's got a problem here. He's he's getting injured a little too much for my taste. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's fucking insane when he gets the ball. I'm not denying his talent, and I'm not even denying that even a shitty offensive line might benefit him in a weird way. Mm-hmm. As very 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 few running backs could ever say that. Are they trying to get away from him? Trying to get away from McCaffrey getting so many touches. Yeah, that's think, what I'm thinking. Is that okay? If it, are they all, quietly like if going? This, 
if this is going to happen continually and he's our franchise, yeah. I mean, if you're the coach and you're the GM, you're like, we dial it back a little bit because mm-hmm. we need that guy healthy if we're ever planning on making the playoffs. Right. Is it is Matt Rule's not an idiot. He's a very good offensive coach. Maybe yep. he doesn't quite understand pacing of an NFL season right and you're the new coach and you want to go out there and win every game and hey look we started 4-0 like yeah we're doing same with his offensive coordinator right Joe Brady do they have a little bit of a a veteran air to him now where they're like let's just get to week 10 with Christian McCaffrey healthy and then if we got to crank him up to 28 touches a game we do it we just drafted a running back too yeah Jim Hubbard yeah who's no slouch like I know his Last season in college football was a fucking joke, but he had one of the best running back seasons you've seen in a long time, 2,000 total yards. Yeah, he's capable of stepping in there for a series every fifth or sixth series, just a few times a game just to give him a break. Right, and if you are fine with the way your offense is running, I don't think you take Terrace Marshall the second and Chuba Hubbard in the third or fourth, right? So... Maybe they're quietly trying to tell everybody, you know what? We know this guy's the best player in football. We also need to get to the second half of the season with the best player in football healthy. And they got a guy who can eat up plenty of targets without mm-hmm. having to run him around. DJ Moore is oh, capable yeah. of handling 120, 130 targets a game yeah. a year. No problem. Why not use that guy even more mm-hmm. without, no pun intended, but he's getting so many rough touches, Caffrey. And he's led the league in touches per game. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, obviously, he got hurt. But if you look at just the simple touches, he's out-touching everybody, and it's not even fucking close. Oh, no, not at all. He's in there on the snap counts. It's insane. Maybe, they're, maybe they are going to pace him a little bit and say, you know, if we're in a game late, like, yeah, I'll crank it up, and we'll go to it. But the plan is for, okay, let's just do 20 touches a game. Let's not do 28, okay? Uh, and is let that me all ask, right with everyone? Let me ask you this, though. Okay, because I know a lot of your projections are based on PPR. Mm-hmm. Take, try to wrap that around your head and take yourself out of that equation. Mm-hmm. Would you then Fox League? Right. Dalvin or McCaffrey? Um, that'd be so close. I'm, I'd probably need to like look at strength of schedule and... Things like that. Like, it would be splitting a hair. It would be splitting hairs. And and now I'm looking at also production from my offense, mm-hmm. which I think Minnesota's going to be just fine. Their offensive line is 21st in the consensus rankings here. Mm-hmm. And as if you remember, where Carolina ranked dead last. Yeah, dead last. And I think Minnesota's gonna have a, Minnesota is going to have a better defense. Minnesota's defense is going to be sneaky good. They're going to be in games, and they need to kill a game. There's your guy, right? And... The handcuff situation, I think right now Alexander Madison's a way better player than Shuba Hubbard at this moment, and you can get him round 12. Thinking about who your handcuff is, is he gettable, number yeah, one? For can certain I, guys, and is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I actually get this guy? Can I actually get this handcuff? Because this is, this is a battle of attrition. Your, your handcuff, expect somebody beside your RB1 to be starting for you Two or three weeks this year. And just remember, like guys like Mike Davis, James Robinson last year, mm-hmm. helped people win leagues. Yep. Dude, if you started Mike Davis and James Robinson at your RB1 and RB2, you made the playoffs. You made the playoffs. Yep. Because you got those guys for nothing. They're just on top. They're just your flex. Absolutely nothing. Like, that's, that's how it works, man. Um, so, I think Alexander Madison, he did, 
he did kind of suck last year. Yeah, when he's, he went for Delvin. He's, he hasn't had enough. Um, but I think he's good volume. And I remember the first year he got drafted, I was like all mm-hmm. over this pot. I'm like, you have to fucking get him. Mm-hmm. Don't even stray away. And then Dalvin ended up getting hurt for a couple games during the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. Madison got hurt too. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's been sort of like that. He hasn't really had a real a realistic chance. I've only had it filled in like once. He just mm-hmm. it, it's really a too small of a sample size to to lean either way whether it's when he goes in though everyone expects like the 25 point game you know what i mean yeah like they're like oh alexander madison top eight play it's like man he's not cream hunt no okay but when he does get in there and plays he's great yeah he's he's had some he's won some weeks for guys that had no business winning weeks there's no doubt about it as part of the longtime member of the gary kubiak fan club (laughs) he has won many 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 people leagues and especially me i've just feasted and he's won me so much money over the, over the years he's still there calling plays mm-hmm. they haven't changed shit so just what you saw the last couple of years it's just you know i don't know why that would change dalvin's not that old yet i think mm-hmm. he's 26 he's yeah he's, he's prime yeah he's still in the back end of his prime but he's i mean dude we saw him what is it monday sunday night football last year mm-hmm. was kind of like looking at it's when people who hadn't been exposed too much to around here mm-hmm. to dalvin cook they thought oh we have the be- better running back <laughs> dude, he, no. Yeah, he took a shit on Zeke's face that night. Yeah. That dude, best running back in football by any standard. CMC is like the most unique weapon, I would say. So, obviously, there's a big difference between PPR and not. Yes. Uh, not that Dalvin's any slouch. Like, 60 balls is not out of the question for Dalvin Cook. I don't know how many he had last year. I need to look that up. But um, He was number six in snap count last year, by the way. Yeah. Dude is a badass. Like, that's... That's my guy. Like, I'll give up almost anything in any league uh, for Dalvin Cook. Let's see, 44 receptions, 54 targets, right? So I would expect more than that, um, especially if the <laughs> Adam Thielen drop-off happens that I'm projecting. I think most people are kind of thinking there's regression coming there for Thielen, but I would not expect it with Dalvin. 16 touchdowns, mm-hmm. I think that's very repeatable Yeah, for Dalvin. That dude's incredible. 1,557 yards. I think you're right. I think you talked me into Dalvin being one. I don't think I'm going to talk you into the next guy that I have, number two, but I'm <laughs> no. sure you can probably imagine who it is. And you it, got it, Chubb? It, it, well, no, this is where it, where it comes. This is, he's the ultimate anti-PPR guy. We talked about him earlier. It was Derrick Henry. Okay. I mean, I think what exactly has gotten worse about that offense? Is it is it solely based on the fact that he doesn't catch passes if you're in standard league, or is it based on the fact that he had 370 touches last year? Which I think four, it's, 400 touches last year. Yeah, I think it's 399 mul- to be exact. I think it's multiple years of 350 touches compounded onto each just other. Just has one. Just, just has one. one. Just one. They had, he had he was in the 300s the year before. Yeah, over three 300 or whatever. Yeah, whatever the number used to be, he's warped it for sure. They keep changing the scale, right? Yeah, but you just com- keep compounding 300 touches a year. Has it been too crazy? Because he started off a little slow. Like, remember, he was splitting, yeah. he splitting touches yeah. in that backfield until he finally, like, Deion, Deion Lewis? Are we really going right. to look at this fucking creature we have over here? Yeah. This is the biggest running back in the NFL, and he's been, he's like, the biggest running back we've had of any substance yeah, in, in a long, long time. I am interested what you think about the Julio edition and what that means for Derrick Henry if you're as high on Derrick Henry. I as think it helps. I think it helps? Well, I mean, because... It, Listen, he's based in yards are a huge thing for him, but also those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of touchdowns are your offense being good. Yeah, and Julio's not good at touchdowns. He's not good at touchdowns, but he is good at <laughs> yardage, and they're going to move the ball better. Yeah, which is another reason why I would love Ryan Tannehill this year. Yeah, Tannehill's a 
been a sneaky ad for a long time. Very sneaky, especially this year because you can get your ground yards. But uh, I, I mean, I've never, I've never actually owned Derrick Henry for a lot either. of. I haven't either. I've never owned him, and I can see why you never. You just love pass catching yeah. backs, and I can see why. I just like multiple ways to get to get my meals. And I, and I understand he's a week to week. He could be. He's like about two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. He's gonna throw up a three for you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I don't have him in that top four or five. Um, he's right there, and there's weeks where I'm I kick myself because week twelve of the season dude goes off for 35 fucking points and you're like yeah he he will win you this shit again your, your week probably five times a year mm-hmm. he's that kind of he will blow up right and i i value that more than most people do i mean i'm the will fuller guy right that <laughs> that you know what if will fuller won, won me the last two weeks but i started in that third week and he sucked that's that's the price of the game bud that's that's the that's the ante that's what you got to do. So he was fourth last year in mm-hmm. fantasy points per game and standard scoring, mm-hmm. right? And their offense got better. Mm-hmm. You want to take a look at their offensive line? Let me pull that up here. I believe they, they ranked 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fine. So there's no reason for me to just back off of them. Again, I, I've never owned the guy. Mm-hmm. But I think this might be the year if, if, he, if I'm sitting there in one of those top two or three picks. Because I know he's probably going to fall to me at three. 14 is their offensive line ranking. That's what I was looking for. Right square in the middle. Nothing's changed. They were right there last year. I think it was 17 last year. Nothing's changed for them except for, oh, they just added one of the best receivers in the last 10 years in pro football. I think there was a stat, and I don't want to misquote it, but um, I think it was 2,000-yard rushers. The year after a 2,000-yard rushing season, every single guy that has ever ran for 2,000 yards at least had a 1.2 yard dip in yards per carry. And I know I know it was at least a yard. I think it was like something crazy like a yard and a quarter. So if you add that to his numbers and you say okay, so touches we're not going to do the touches thing. We're not going to do the 380 touches. We're going to do the 340 touches. And we're going to do what everyone else statistically not that Derrick Henry's a normal human being. He's a fucking alien. But so was Eric Dickerson. So was these other guys that Emmett did this. Smith. Yeah, that did this. Barry Sanders. Um, uh, Chris Johnson was the last one, right? 2000. Or he almost got it. Yeah, I don't think, think he got it, ever yeah. got 2,000, yeah. but the, 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 the carry statistics and the yeah. touches. So he dropped him down to 4.4 yards per carry. Does that completely change your evaluation of Derrick Henry? If we drop him 4.4 yards per carry? Yeah, he's at 5.4 last year, 4.4 this year. If he has the same amount of carries? Well, we're saying we're not going to give him as many carries, right? And he's losing his yards per carry. Well, I don't see him you're losing just his chasing, yards per You're carry. just chasing bad math. You're chasing a, it's a bad bet, right? I got some stats for you. Okay. <laughs> Since 2000, after 370 touch seasons, which last year he had 399. Mm-hmm. That's the magic number everybody says. It's 370, right? 26 of the 34, so over 75%, followed up as at least an RB2. Obviously, that's not what we want. But 18 of those, over half, were an RB1. Six actually increased their touches, but the average drop was 100 touches. Mm. So on average, they had 100 less touches. The average finish on a per-game basis was an RB11. So still, 
this very safe baseline right there, but not still not what you want as an RB11. That's just the average. And like you said, Derrick Henry is an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not. Um, who, was, who was the Falcons running back uh, that, that <laughs> did this? Michael Turner. I don't think it was Turner. I think it was one at. Was it Fre- did Freeman get it? Maybe Freeman had one of those crazy years. He had a 2000 yard. Jamal Anderson, I think, was the guy. I'm okay, yeah, Jim. And he dropped off fast. But Dirty Bird. Yeah. But three times that same player, the next year, was the overall RB1. Mm. Interesting. And the reason I bring all this up is he is not like all those other guys to me. He is a freak. He's a, he's a gigantic freak, bigger than everybody that's tackling him. Um, he, he plays every game, every year, pretty much. You know, he's very, very... He's, everything's been sustainable for him, and he's still young enough to handle that load. I mean, you go back and look at Emmett Smith's touches... And now I've heard the 1,500 number, like, oh, he's approaching the 1,500 number in touches. The year after Emmett had over 1,500, hit his 1,500 touch, he had his highest volume ever. So 1994 to 1995, he had more carries the next year than he did the year before. He's a bigger dude than Emmett Smith. I'm not saying he's Emmett Smith, but the dude is a badass. And I haven't seen any reason to not believe he's not going to repeat close to those numbers next year. Yeah, I just don't have him. Two, I believe. I believe in this is the last year of getting while the getting's good on Derrick Henry, and I'm still in. While some people are like, I don't want to be standing there holding the bag when this thing does go go sideways. I'm. I think the risk is worth it for to take him in the first round and around about where we were talking about, like eight. Oh yeah, I'm taking way ahead of like that. Somewhere around there. I mean, it's a um, conversation from in my head. Between you know Henry McCaffrey Kamara, those are the three that I'm like you could I could juggle those anyway. I'm pretty confident I like Cook one, but mm. those other three, again, any of them could be one. And Kamara could go fucking crazy this year, but I think Henry is incredibly safe, safer than people are. I think people are mainly freaked out by the touch volume. Yeah, no, but for sure. And you don't and you don't want to be the person holding that RB one whenever the the touch wall or the age wall or the yards for carry wall. They're like, there's this like, you're just laughing at father time and physical existence prior to this moment, prior to this player, right? You're just the throwing dur- caution to the wind. Yeah. He's been so durable. I, that's why it's one yeah, of the he has. reasons I'm very confident and their offense is better. He has. And their O-line's great. But those guys, solid. I think they probably all are until they aren't <laughs> like, it just like stops at some point. Right. And I, I do, I do think the guy, is probably going to be worth a first-round pick this year. First half of the season, I don't know. Might we really trading? Are we trading Derrick Henry six weeks in because they're like pacing themselves a little bit? And it's you think you can still get the right return on him, and then final four weeks of the season, he does what Derrick Henry does, which is rush for a thousand fucking yards the last four or five weeks of the year. And they do have a different offensive coordinator. Let's make that clear. That's true. But he's, the, he's also was a tight ends coach. Which is exactly what Arthur Brown was doing yeah. before he became the offensive right. coordinator. Yeah, I can't again. I can't imagine much is changing other than their offense being better. But that's yeah, we've already brought that up to the table. I just, yeah. I'm, I just, I can't see any reason why much is going to change other than just assuming he has regression. Yeah, I would. He's down. So my list would be Dalvin, CMC, Camaro, and then I start fighting with myself about. This four four group. I'm really comfortable with all these guys. It's all about tiers too. Like rankings 
don't necessarily matter because you're only picking in one spot. <laughs> I don't need to know who you would have picked second if you're picking third. Like, yeah, I I could listen. I can totally see McCaffrey. again. The offensive line is the thing that really mm-hmm. scares me away from McCaffrey and his touchdown count. Yeah, just a little bit. Like when they get to the three, are they gonna be able to pound it home? Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and Chubb are my my next tier and cluster. Yeah, that's those are the guys where I'm just like. I love all these dudes, whichever one ends up into the first round. I want to talk to you about Kamara since we kind of – I don't want to jump over him because, again, could easily be one. Mm-hmm. could easily be one. What's going to happen? Because the quarterback is the one – we haven't seen in preseason because he's not – they're not – you know, he's not in the game. Mm-hmm. And you're not seeing him catch passes from these guys, but you know he's going to get a fuck ton of volume. Yeah. Is there enough outside of that – in that offense, is there enough outside of Kamara that's going to take away from defenses just stopping him? I think they're they're smart it. enough to scheme it up to where they can get guys open and Marquez Callaway will be a thing and fill in their second little uh is it Traquan did Traquan Smith get hurt? Um I, I hurt. think he is questionable for week one, but yeah. I don't think it's anything serious. If I, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a time in the season where you're spending a lot of fab on Saints wide receiver X. It's just gonna happen. Like, that's that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the hot thing in week one. Yeah. And I think they're going to be – they're a good enough offensive team or smart enough offensive team to move the ball, whether it's putting fucking Taysom Hill at tight end or running options with that guy. Like, they're going to move the ball. There's going to be enough offense happening. The thing I'm worried about is if Jameis is your starter, who which he should be. He's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Downfield. Does he turn it over way too much, and is he an idiot, and he's going to run your offense off time and all that kind of stuff? We'll see how long <laughs> uh, Sean Payton has the leash for him, right? But, 21 touchdowns last year for Kamara. Yeah. that's that's third in fantasy points per game. That's the thing. Jameis does not throw the ball to running backs. He hasn't, but... So are we going to have a spaz out after two weeks when Kamara has... 12 targets through two weeks. Well, we know who's running the show, and it's not Jameis. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's Sean Payton. Like, is he... That's, He'll that's get his gonna, ass on the bench. That's going to get him fired. Player. That's yeah. going to get his ass fired, or they're going to overcorrect so hard to the next game, Kamara gets 15 targets. So, I think we know what the goal is with the New Orleans offense. It's get Kamara the ball in space. Does, nobody, is the quarterback on the same page? There's nobody better at it, and as we mentioned earlier, their line is in the top five. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they might run more. They might. I mean, I know they're talking about like cutting Latavius Murray, which is number, uh, tied for number one, by the way, in the offensive line. Yeah, so they got Devontae Freeman in there, and they got Dwayne Washington and Tony Jones, who I think is kind of rising. Yes. Um, yeah, Traquan Smith is not on pup, so he's probably gonna play Week One. Marquez Callaway. Lil Jordan Humphrey from Texas. Yeah, he had a nice uh, game the other night. Chris Hogan, Ty Montgomery, a bunch of fucking randos. Right? Yeah, we don't know. Who, I mean, if you watch the game and you've been paying attention to ADP, Callaway almost doubled. Like, cut his ADP went from like ninety eight to like fifty one yeah. overnight. And Adam Troutman has been rising to an uncomfortable level just because. No. Well, he got hurt, but Did I don't he? know how serious it is. Yeah, you just look around that room and you're like, who here can catch passes? And like, he's like one of the dudes you think at least has some pedigree to catch passes. Um, I don't know. I I think that's what happens. If I'm predicting the Saints' offense is Jameis tries to win games by doing dumb shit. At least one of the first two games, Kamara gets seven targets, 
in one of the games. They say this is unacceptable, and they spaz out. And Kamara, Kamara just he gets eighty to eighty-three catches every year as a running back who also scores touch, scores touchdowns. He's not fucking James White. No, and also gets nine hundred rushing yards. He's that good. Like he's the closest thing. If you just took Dalvin Cook and like realigned some of his like skill set or put him in the Saints offense, like I don't know the difference. Like Kamara's that fucking good. So if you're at four, and um, obviously you're not haven't taken Henry yet, I probably like I said take him at two or three. Are you taking Henry at four, or you're still going? No, I'm going. You're Kamara. going Jones. You're, no, no, I'm saying you've already got Kamara taken. Oh, Kamara's gone. Okay, you yeah. clearly have him in your top three. So I'm four. CMC, Dalvin, and Kamara are gone. Yep. That's what you're saying. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm probably either going Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb. Before Derrick Henry. Yep. Wow. Before Derrick Henry. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm playing in PPR leagues. <laughs> try to take it out. I'm, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm always, all my leagues are PPR. For the drafters out there that aren't in a PPR league. All my, all my leagues are PPR. I'm um, not in one PPR league. Yeah, so. In a PPR league, this is a brainer, of course. Yeah, like. I'm hoping somebody gets confused at the top, but these this top three is that's pretty chalky, right? Yeah, I'd say top four, and like I said, and, and I slide Henry in there, but I've already gave you a billion reasons why I think that. Um, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason I never end up with Eric Henry. It's I never owned him either. I've never owned Alvin, Alvin Kamara either. Right? Uh, yeah, I haven't either. I haven't had Kamara. I got. I no, I had him as rookie year. I had him as rookie year. And he probably uh, killed. He me. was awesome. Yeah, and Fox, he was fucking great. Um, people are either Henry just gets so high, or people are off on him. In it's my, like top five or like down. Yeah. In my touchdown league, he will absolutely be the first player taken. Yeah, Possibly Dalvin Cook, but I think Henry will go. He'll be the one. Yep. Um, so now we're at five. Which this is where everybody's going off. This is where mm-hmm. it changes. Mm-hmm. Who's your five? I'm. Mincing words between Jonathan Taylor, Henry, and Chubb. And depending on what kind of league it is, uh, all those guys don't catch passes, obviously. Um, I'm probably going Chubb there. I've got Nick Chubb at five in a standard league. And mm-hmm. it's way ahead of what uh, the industry right now is like ninth. I think PFF, they were mm-hmm. in like 12th. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm like, every time I hear Ian Hart, it's, he's dropping, dropping him down another. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm like, Look at what he does every single year. Yeah. Did he forget that he missed four games last year? And like I said, had he not missed that game, he's probably, in, he's probably even higher in fantasy points per game. I traded, in Dynasty, I traded Zeke for Chubb the game he got hurt. Like, I watched him get hurt next week. Traded Zeke for Zeke and, like, Pollard for, like, Chubb and Cream Hunt. And now I have Nick Chubb for the rest of his career. And I'm just like, and I just keep this him. is the best. He, this is the best. He had, he finished fifth in fantasy points per game last year, mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> he has the number one offensive line tied with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, why would people put him at tenth or eleventh or even twelfth? What the fuck are people doing? I have no idea. What the fuck are people seeing? I don't He's know. Top five every single year mm-hmm. in PFS overall ranks. He's yep. probably overall, like, combine everything. He's the best running back in the NFL right yeah. now. Yeah, him and Dalvin. I'd, I'd like, if we're playing a team of aliens, 
Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook are, are starting running backs. Yeah, and it's not like he doesn't catch pass. He just he's not in there on passing mm-hmm. downs, which I know is a big thing. But right, um, but he's so consistent. Like you already know that going in, and he's still finishing in the top five. Yeah. So and he's right in the middle of his prime. He's a fucking stud, and yep. I think st- I got him like what would have amounted to be eleventh or twelfth in my auction league. And mm-hmm. I was just laughing, just laughing at guys. Sixth easiest schedule. 25 years old. Like, I don't know what... I don't know. It's it's the phobia of only getting 18 targets last year, which was four fewer games than he usually gets. He usually got... You're before that, 49 targets. You were before that, 29. So they were obviously ramping up his receptions and targets before the year he got hurt. Do they go back to that? If they do, he has potential to be the one. The number one running back. Because dude is... <laughs> 5.2 yards per carry, 5 yards per carry, 5.6 yards per carry. Like, he's the most efficient running back in football, and he finds the fucking end zone, too. People are freaked out by Kareem Hunt, but it's not like it's going to be different. It's the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally the same offense Yeah. From in the same coordinator, in right. the same receivers, in the same backup, and the same offensive line has gotten if maybe even better. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't get – it's hard to get better, but they may have even gotten – because they've got another year – of experience because they're still young. They, their their defense is so good. They're going to be in every game. They're probably going to be leading every game. They figured out what their team was last year, and that's when they went into that first round game against Pittsburgh and kicked the living shit out of them. Oh, yeah. with Nick Chubb, and they did that the last like six weeks of the season. Whenever they started getting these bad weather games, and uh, I think I started. Everyone started like leaning. Oh, Baker versus the Raiders is going to tear him up and all that shit. And they just ran the ball like 50 fucking times for like three straight weeks. And they were like, oh, this works. This this gets us to 11 wins. Great. Let's keep doing this shit. And they're stubborn. And they yeah, we, stick with it. We have the best one-two running back combination in the league and the best offensive line. People always talk about, think about Kareem Hunt if Nick Chubb gets hurt. and Well, trust me, I had him. Last year, I had Kareem Hunt because I'm like, oh, I got him for cheap, which is yeah. not normal last year. And Kareem Hunt did not do what Nick he was, was not, doing. He, he, was, he was a touchdown. Like, if Kareem Hunt didn't get a touchdown, he was worthless to you. I started him a lot late in the season because I was dealing with the injuries in the Dynasty League, and I'd start Chubb and Hunt. I'd just start them both and just be like, one of these dudes is going to get two touchdowns, yeah. or they're going to split these touchdowns, and that's how it's going to go. Think about Nick Chubb if Kareem Hunt gets hurt. Oh my god! I've been thinking about that too. <laughs> Think about that. There, yeah, or Cream Hunt's is not good anymore. Yeah, Chubb goes from sixty percent of the touches to eighty percent of the touches, if not more. Think, think about. Okay, so how old is Cream Hunt? I feel like he's got a lot more tread than people give him credit he, for. He he was announced to the NFL on his first carry, I think, or definitely his first night against the Patriots in two thousand and seventeen. That was his rookie year. And they played the Patriots, and he had like three touchdowns. And anybody who was who owned him was hawking him and trying to get him for as much as possible. Yeah, that was probably the craziest rookie season ever. Yeah, he Damn. went nuts. And but thirteen hundred rushing, fifty three catches. Like, yeah, wow. He started off with a bang. Yeah, I mean the dude wasn't. He's been four point two yards per carry the last two seasons. Like he turned into a receiver last year, like mm-hmm. really good down the field kind of receiver last mm-hmm. year, which is great. And that's what they want to use him for. But he ain't Nick Chubb. Yeah, he's not taking Nick Chubb's job. He's taking Nick Chubb's receiving, and that's really it. And he's keeping him fresh. Yeah. That's 
That's why the guy averages five and a half yards per carry. That's right. Which, if that's what you got to do, that's fine. And then when you need to lean on the hammer late in the game, you go to Nick Chubb. If you're if you have a top five pick in a standard league and you're staring at Nick at number five, I think you're crazy for not taking Nick Chubb. Personally, yep. that's I'm not saying he couldn't have Aaron Jones do better, but you're he is the safest player in fantasy football. Yep. Uh, so next pick, I would take Derrick Henry. I would have to. <laughs> um, as long as it's not PPR. In PPR, I'm looking around. I'm looking at Kelsey. I'm looking at Devontae Adams and how I want to construct my team from this pick. If I'm picking, say I'm picking... So Henry is going... So third overall right now in ADP. Um, say it gets down to six. For some reason, Henry's there at six, at seven... Yeah, obviously. Um, I don't remember the point I was going to make, but yeah, I'll take Derrick Henry there. <laughs> he was third, he's third in ADP. I was surprised he was that high. So here's a guy we haven't talked about a, a lot, really much at all, is Zeke. And I, I, he scares the shit out of me, as he probably does everybody. And, I, and maybe, and this is just a hunch, because I have all the reasons for not taking him until the end of the first round. And we all understand why. He's a shithead. He was a member of the all-shithead all team. Mm-hmm. Mike Marshall, all-shithead team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was number personal two. Personal experience. <laughs> I imagine off-the-field personal experience. Not, not just owning him in fantasy football personal experience. Yeah. Number two in snap counts per game. Number four in percentage of team snaps last year. Number 53 overall grade in PFF among running packs. Tony Pollard was number 34, though. I don't think Tony Pollard's there to steal his job. Not yet. And I saw enough of Tony Pollard no. to think, okay, small sample size, but there's moments in there where I was like, okay, Zeke would have made that a first down. Yeah. People that are calling for like more Tony Pollard and to like split the backfield really don't know what they're talking about. If you want to use Tony Pollard some more in different ways, you don't want to just run the same offense and put Tony Pollard in there for Zeke. That's fucking dumb. No. That's very bad. I just don't, I don't think Zeke's good anymore. So and I we said last, we had a, we said last year yeah. we did I didn't trust him yeah. I said he might have been one overall if we weren't coming off a of COVID season because yeah. I just thought the guy does not motivate enough no. to 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 be to train himself and all this shit that we just kind of have seen over the years he just does the dumbest thing you could possibly do mm-hmm. but I will say fumbles off, last year like maybe you know some I don't but in the off season been really quiet for Zeke this past mm-hmm. off season and he's saying I mean there's always a microphone in his face right yeah he's finally. Saying the right things. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting, starting to believe this guy. Because the guy is too honest, right? He's too mm-hmm. out in the open. And he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. He just kind of does and lives his life or yeah. whatever. I'm actually believing what he's selling, which is he's in the quote-unquote best shape of his life. We've heard, you know, give me a nickel the, every time you've heard that yeah. from an athlete. The um, only thing that's... Lost his 10 pounds. Right. But, but watching him... Yes, on Hard Knocks. I've only watched the first episode. I didn't. I, I didn't have. I, I concentrated on fantasy football instead of Hard Knocks. <laughs> but but seeing him run pass routes, seeing him look faster, saying the right things, all the shit that you know, some people only take with a grain of salt. I'm I'm buying what he's selling. And listen, when at peak Zeke, he's right there with all those guys. Mm-hmm. He's right there with all those guys. He was in college. He was when he landed here in the NFL. He's his he anybody when when you're pushed up against the wall, which I feel like he's like hearing people like Tony Pollard now. What about this guy? At some point, there's a breaking point for 
every human, and I think this might be the one for Zeke, where he's like, my time in this league is like fucking like razor thin right now. Yeah, he got his contract though, so he's not really having anything to play for. He definitely fits into Reputation. the yeah, definitely fits into the Cowboys organization of being fat and happy now, right? Yeah. And just you've won the Super Bowl, even though you haven't won the Super Bowl because you play for the Cowboys. You're gonna get the, you're gonna get the money, you get the attention, you get the all the stuff. You get treated as if you won, even though you haven't won shit. Yeah, he fits into that. Um, I think he's just fucking slow now. The seeing what you think? You just think he's out of. I just think he's. I just think he's slow. I just think he doesn't have it. I don't know if it's. Do you think years of, you know, doing ecstasy? Yeah, you, yeah. Maybe mentally slow, and then three hundred twenty-two carries, missed six games because suspension. Three hundred four carries, three hundred one carries last year. Two forty-four. Approaching that fifteen hundred thing we talked yeah, about. I think he and just, he's not built like Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I think he just got his head kicked in for about six straight years of either in the NFL and Ohio State, where he was just the guy. Yeah, and I just think his he's just broken down, man. He just gets in there and you watch all these tapes of him like wiggling back and forth and like finding little spots and holes to create two more yards and shit like that. And I'm like, dude, you haven't broken a carry over 41 yards in three years. Like you don't break carries. Do you think he lost a little bit of motivation when Dak got hurt? 100%. 100%. And he started fumbling. You could tell he's just not focused and just... And seeing what Dak went through, his mm-hmm. best friend, you yeah. know? Yeah, they, they wanted to lean on him as you should for a running back that makes that fucking much and is your highest paid player at that point. And he crumbled, dude. He just crumbled. He just does not break long runs. He's not, he's not Dalvin cook. He's not Camara. No. He's not Derrick Henry. All those dudes are different than him. Nick Chubb is a completely different animal to me than, than Zeke. Zeke wants to get in a hole and show you all the footwork he's been working on to get three more yards. And it's just like, don't overthink the shit. Nick Chubb hits the hole and he's like, yeah, I can get 10 going that way, and maybe I can, if I run through that motherfucker, I can get 50 more. He sees the game different. And Zeke, I just watch him run, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You look like a fucking John Wick movie. Like, you're trying to, like, do all these fucking weird moves and, like, chop your feet and all this shit. And I'm like, it's not that hard. No, he was terrible last year. He's dog shit, dude. I just, I guess I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, at some point, this is how we get our value in fantasy football is try to pinpoint. Maybe this is his last hurrah. But staying healthy, I I actually like Zeke this year in this offense if Dak stays healthy. I think like him a lot actually. I think I don't think the defense is fixed. Number one, that's fine. I mean, I think really I think they're going to be Zeke. throwing late in games. But he's in there on passing downs. He does. He does catch a lot of balls. Caught fifty two balls last year, fifty four the year before, seventy seven the year before. So they can throw to him. I don't think they're going to throw to him anymore because drops and fumbles. I think he's. I think their entire offense is kind of the idea of how do we get away from this shit? Okay, let's draft C.D. Lamb. Let's give let's put better options in the passing game. And yeah, he still might catch fifty balls, but if he has four yards per carry, it doesn't matter. If if that offense, I mean, are we are we is he being slided a little bit because of the injury to Dak last year? Are we are we sort of like well, we hadn't seen it in a couple of years and he looked like shit. So well, by by my estimation, yes. Like what I'm saying, where I value him out, yes. The market has not. They Still have not six, dude. They have not tied the same fucking boulder to his leg that I have. Like the market and me are different fucking parts of the field. I'm a little shocked that he's that's insane to me. Going higher than some of these people. I think he's. Some people have him five. Some people have him four. Six is insane to me. 
that you can put Zeke above Aaron Jones, slap you in your fucking face. You're dumb. You're <laughs> dumb. It's bad. It's bad business. It's bad business. You're remembering shit that is from a season and a half ago, at least. At least. Last year he was bad. Year before that he was bad the last eight weeks of the, uh, eight weeks of the season. He hasn't played really good football in a really long time. You have Aaron Jones at seven? Yeah. Or six or seven, whatever. If you yeah. have Zeke at six, then Aaron Jones is seven. Like, you don't have Zeke at six. But yeah. as I'm writing this out here, call me dumb, call me whatever. As of right now, I've got Zeke at six. You, you, go, you have a time. <laughs> you go ahead, bud. I already, I, already know, I already know myself when it comes to drafting and fantasy football. And I just probably just won't say his name because I never No, do. I won't. I, I won't was just scared away. I rank him at a point where I won't allow myself. Aaron to. Jones, for why can't I get excited about Aaron Jones this year? Hmm. I don't know. Is it because I've seen it so many years that eventually he's going to fall off a cliff? He doesn't get that kind of usage, though. I don't know why he would fall off a cliff. He's the RB1 in a top five offense that's going to score insane amounts. Dude is just a badass like he's like I don't I don't I don't know the downside of Aaron Jones except for that they spell him and they they're smart with his usage and I will say this you know I I guess I had thought that he scored more touchdowns last year but he only scored 11 touchdowns as a running back that's just kind of average yeah that's average well the year before was 19 so it's like he's not touchdown dependent this year so we're thinking it's going to fall in the middle somewhere yeah and they you know 201 rushing attempts last year because he missed two games number one but also, they just pace him. Like, they're smart with how they use him. Yep. They're, they're, they don't give a shit about your fantasy team. So some weeks, it is an Aaron Jones... There's going to be a couple weeks this year, it's an Aaron Jones shit show. Where he will Derrick Henry you. And they're not predictable. That's the thing. I mean, he's way down there. I think he's like, he's like 13th or 14th on um, percentage of his team's touches. Yeah. But Which Jamal is- Williams is gone. I would. It's very, very efficient. Like to guarantee you fifty-five receptions and two hundred and fifty carries. And what is that? What does the number on the end turn into whenever he has that many touches and that many receptions? What does the touchdown number turn into? God, he's like yeah, again, fifteenth in um, in touch count mm-hmm. in the NFL. So no, they pace him. There's, there's. It's pretty impressive. You can go up. <laughs> I mean, for a dude that finishes at the top as like RB five every single year, there is room to go up. Did they draft AJ Dillon just to replace Jamal Williams, and that's the reason why they got him? As opposed to because everybody was freaking out that they're gonna have, they're gonna draft him to replace Aaron Jones, and I'm like, no, that yeah. he's too good to replace. Yeah. Even if you're drafting him in the second round, you still need those running backs. I, I can't explain. And he's good. I can't explain AJ Dillon, and I can't explain Jordan Love. I think they just. Let the fucking intern draft that year. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I'm twenty. I'm not. I'm not reading that much into AJ Dillon. Listen, Aaron Jones is definitely a safer pick than Zeke. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason why I'm like I struggle. Right. Yeah. Both of them have really good offensive lines. Yeah. You know they're both ranked about the same here. So again, Zeke's still going to get a fuck ton of touches. I don't think he can be worse than last year. Which is why I think punting on him is a little bit. I don't know. I mean, you can get emotional about it when you think about Zeke because he'll piss you off. <laughs> um, tough decision. That's when you, when you get past five to me, that's where it gets tough for me. 
Yeah, I just rate. I just make it not tough on myself and take Zeke's a box guy for me. I'll never own that dude again. Well, it's riskier. Yeah. And that's what I'll, you know, honestly, I would probably switch those two. Like we said, we always walk out of here thinking a little bit differently. Yeah. Seeing and we've, those, done, we've done those with Aaron Jones well, seeing those numbers, three or four years in a row now. <laughs> we, love, we love Aaron. We've always loved Aaron Jones. We, yeah. told, we told you a couple of years ago, you win your league if you draft yeah. Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook. Um, okay, now we're getting to the, the, the zone where it gets like, fuck it. Now we, are we pivoting and taking... I, getting Saquon. Saquon. Yeah. I won't. I'm not going to take him. Um, Fully knowing he could win you your league, but... Yeah. 100%. But... It's a it's a fifty fifty deal, right? Like fi- at this point, it's like fifty percent of these players are fine after an ACL injury, mm-hmm. and then there's a fifty percent where it takes them a year, like Dalvin, like Todd Gurley, or he could be fucking Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's young, but so is Dalvin, so was Todd Gurley. I don't I don't know. There's no there's there's no we don't know, and he's not and he's not like he's sh- you know he's taking a little bit. He's Gonna start, I think, this weekend. They're saying he's or he's in practice. Took his first reps today, I believe, as we're recording this podcast. It's sec- second year in a row, which tells me something didn't get rebuilt quite right from the first injury, right? Yeah. So you start compounding huge chunks of the season you've missed when it's leg things, and basically you're telling me like you're overcompensating one way or the other, or I don't know if it's the same leg, but once you start hurting your legs and you start missing what 10 plus weeks uh did he miss like all after week one last year was it week one we got hurt yeah i think he got hurt week one was done yeah and it was done the rest of the season right and the year before that it was like missed like 12 weeks yeah i just I was quite 12 but he missed a lot the year before I remember yeah that. i think it was like he was out like eight or nine but then he yeah. came back and helped people win their fantasy league <laughs> yeah so played two games last year ended up yeah. playing 13 games the year before Surprisingly yeah. enough, it was just a big chunk of the season. It was early in the season, too. Early, yeah. It was early in the season. Same shit. Um, yeah, I mean, he has CMC upside. He's the same, yeah, as far as the production goes. He has yeah. that. We've seen it before. It's CMC with soft tissue injuries, and he doesn't have – he has one season of the track record of the 90 catches and the 1,300 rushing yards. And I don't know. It's It's – He's gotten hurt, and the team's been so bad that they have different coaches now, and everyone else is different around him. With these guys like Zeke and Barkley, and I'm sure we'll get to a couple other running backs here, we talked about it last year. Like You're okay with being wrong on guys. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you have them in a box. Mm-hmm. I'm perfect, perfectly fine seeing, seeing Barkley put up RB1, 2, 3 numbers. As long as I get my guy and he produces... I can live with that. Mm-hmm. This is why we're not drafting Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah, just not. And I honestly, no and like, I, I can I can say all these things about Zeke, and and I can tell you I'm right next year, but I'm probably not drafting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just don't. I don't have that. Again, you fuck up your first round draft pick, you're screwed. Yep. Don't don't cost yourself the season if you don't have to. Like, yeah. just don't. I I can tell you. Straight to your face, Saquon Barkley could be the best running back in football this season. He's got the talent within him. Like, I've seen him do it. Um, but I can also say I have no fucking interest in taking him in the first round. Zero. Zero. There's no, there's no need for me to risk that. In no situation am I taking him. Okay. Who do you got next? Uh, next for me would be Austin Eckler. Ooh, okay. Because you're also the PPR guy. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good about my, 
my reach in the uh, other the auction league. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Austin Eckler. Like I took him last year, and he got hurt, and he just kind of fucked my season, and I had to scramble to make it up. And uh, I'll do it again. <laughs> Gladly do it again. I think the dude's awesome. You can't bank on many touchdowns with him, but no. he uh, he's in a. <laughs> This this is the best offense theoretically that he's been in since he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was there last year, but he, Herbert's got another year. He's hopefully healthy for fourteen, fifteen games as opposed to you know six or five that he was in last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to like him. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Austin Eckler? Okay, oh, I can hear it. Yeah. Um, so. The rushing is not exactly what you think it is, and it's just because the attempts are always super low. The The mathematics that go into a final season line for him never had more than 132 carries, which is just insane for a guy you're drafting as an RB1, but the catches win right, like 2019, are 92 overall catches and almost 1,000 receiving yards, which is... I don't know, plugging that in at the running back position and just hoping and praying the guy gets 150 carries plus. Uh, last year should have been the year, but he lost six games to injury, uh, only scored one rushing touchdown in his 10 games he played, two touchdowns overall, so the touchdowns just weren't there. Touchdowns are rarely ever there for Eckler, but you probably want to be that dude with him on your roster whenever those touchdowns do get right. And it's a completely different coaching staff. Justin Herbert is maybe the most talented. Yeah, he's the most talented quarterback he's played with. I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike, Al- Mike Williams are fine. Um, ton of work on an offensive line. Yeah, offensive line is significantly better. Which has been a fucking problem with them. Yeah, one hundred percent. They don't. They don't. They would not run close to the goal line. And and they didn't have exactly quality running backs to do that. They didn't do anything else behind them. I mean, we the thought backups aren't good. Justin Jackson was going to be good. Kelly looked had a couple moments, but like then you pick him up and you're like, Kalen okay, Balazs. start him. They had Kalen Balazs. <laughs> Kalen Balazs was a goal line back for them, dude. Like, I just uh, he, will he get? He could get goal line touches, like. He could, if for he has, sure. He has at times before. He's not like he's yeah, immune yeah. to that. Yeah, he's he has before. I think just... You're trying to win your league. Think about what happens. Austin Eckler gets 150 carries and gets 100 targets. There's not another player that in that range... Fantastic. ...that can do that. There's not. The other dudes in that range... The other dudes that can do that are going to be named Kamara, Dalvin Cook. The rushing totals are always low, but last year he got over 500 yards because he 4.6 per carry. And so last year should have been the year. Do you want to bank on zombie Austin Eckler? He's going to get 150 carries, and they're going to realize Justin Jackson and fucking Larry Roundtree and all these idiots are not nearly as good as him. I think I'd take that bet because the one year Austin Eckler hits, he's going to win your league for you. Yeah, and their offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Lombardi, who has coached some great 
backs that have caught balls, most recently Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. And he's going to pepper him with targets. So in the passing game, especially if you're in a PPR league, don't feel like any of those targets are going away. They're going to increase, yep. most likely. Yep. And probably in a smarter fashion. Than, oh, oh, yeah. Than just swing pass, which was... The year Austin Eckler caught 92 balls, They weren't. it wasn't like super creative. It was just Phillip Rivers was like, this is the best play I can do because of this defensive front, and here's a fucking swing pass, and here's a swing pass, and here's a swing pass. Like, they're going to be quali- more quality targets. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they're going to deceptively scheme ways to get Eckler running vertical in the field and the ball coming at him. And Justin Herbert, I think he... I don't know if he's as good as his numbers were last year, his fantasy numbers, but I think this is one of the better offenses that Eckler's ever played on front to back, especially offensive line. And, Mm -hmm. man, if there's no one else after this, maybe, I mean, Ian Gibson or... He's... He is my number nine. It's yeah. the, you had Eckler. I have Gibson. Yeah. And this is standard leagues. And uh, listen, J.D. McKissick was number six in snaps per game and <laughs> in t- a percentage of team snaps, which is fucking ridiculous. Thank There's you, n- Alex Smith. Yeah, exactly. Product of the quarterback just dumping it off repeatedly because he's the safest quarterback to maybe ever play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen again. There's no way that's happening again, I don't think. And also, this is Antonio Gibson, the learning curve. He's getting... Getting more reps, but this dude is a receiver coming out of college. So, learning a system. This is the first time he ever played running back, mm-hmm. and he did what he did last year in front of one of the shittier offensive lines in the league, as we talked about. And when you produce with that kind of a backdrop, and you're still putting up numbers like that as a rookie mm-hmm. in your first year as a position, I'm sorry, but those numbers are going to spike this year. Yep. This is the year to get in on Antonio Gibson if you didn't last year, because I think after this year he's a top five guy. Yeah. And he's got also got a better quarterback playing. Well, <laughs> for fantasy anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fitz, right. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick will move the ball. He'll turn it over, but he'll move the ball. Um, I'm such, I have such a boner for, for him this year, for Antonio, yeah. Antonio Gibson. Gibson's going to be very good. I have no doubt about that. Um, 16th offensive line, as we said in the other segment. Yeah. And I didn't expect, I was fading him last year. Just honestly, I was like, Y'all guys are getting way too hypey on. Yeah, he's Antonio like Gibson. He, he's he's that guy where I'm going to trust the scouts to sh- you know, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to buy into it this year because I I watch this tape and I'm like I don't know how this is going to translate. I really just don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. Is he going to get goal line targets? I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know enough to pull the trigger on draft day because mm-hmm. we don't want to be wrong on guys. Right. We're co- okay with missing on guys, and I was okay with missing on him even in what he, when he was scoring two or three touchdowns on me. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, when it mattered. But <laughs> I want a piece of it this year. Yeah, the touchdowns were awesome. And the, you're getting it a pretty good... I think it's a really good price this year. Still getting targeted that much despite having fucking J.D. McKissick on your team is impressive. Um, like I'm talking about with Eckler, which is just like everyone looking around and going, yeah, we need to get the guy the ball more, right? That's like a philosophical change or a new coaching regime change, which happened. Antonio Gibson is second year... This guy's a better player than he was. He needs 200 carries, and he needs, like, 60 targets. Yep. We're being idiots if we don't do this. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of shit that happens year one to year two. McKiss- Every position. McKissick wasn't doing enough with those targets to, to retain no, that dude. sort of volume. No, that was not. Those are empty. Struck, that's that's, uh, that's the kind of player you hate because he gets PPR points uh, 
every week and he'll score like 15 because yeah he's he's the he's the poster child for why i was <laughs> arguing with chuck you um, know like how can that guy be almost as valuable for a guy like derrick henry on a, on a given week like you don't know who's going to outproduce yeah um so anyway we're, i love him i mean apparently you love him too because 10 is higher than the market i have yep. nine yeah he's yeah nine uh well i got that bundle up here that's kind of confusing so, uh, jo- 10. so joe mixon was the next guy i had i think they're uh, neck and neck to me but you don't like joe mixon why not 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 ever touching joe mixon what's your hang up with him because he hasn't he just hasn't overperformed yeah just gets hurt all the time um they their offense they've told me they want to get away from joe mixon by their drafts <laughs> <laughs> T. Higgins and then Jamar Chase. It's pretty obvious. But like, isn't it good for their offense if uh, they're drafting I mean, more offensive players and an offensive lineman? You think? I would think so. But, you know, I don't know if that's outdated ideology that the wide receiver is going to make the running back better. Like, I don't know. I just don't know if that happens. Um, okay, I, well, just, I just don't really like Joe Mixon. Like, he's not not my kind of guy. And I... I'm gonna I, na- I'm gonna name you real quick. His games played again. This is only his fifth year in the NFL. Fourteen in his rookie year. Fourteen mm-hmm. in his second year. Sixteen in his third year, and then he had got hurt last year. He was down to six. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not like that's not bad. But he could be a lot it's always going into Sunday asking if Joe Mixon's gonna play, and then Joe Mixon plays and plays like shit, and it's because of the injury that he played through. Until last year when it just bottomed the fuck out and he played six games, 3.6 yards per carry. I'm willing to eat my words on Joe Mixon if the offensive line is right. And They're going to be better, uh, theoretically. I mean, they've, they've right. addressed it. It's only going to get better, but I think they're starting to address it. I feel like it's, it's, they're out of that dead zone. I mean, they've been mm-hmm. that dead zone every year, which is why we told you on this podcast, listen, Joe Mixon is really talented, but he's got a cap. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be top five. I think I said it specifically. I said Joe Mixon will not be a top three or top five running back because of his offensive line. He might be a top five most talented off uh, running back, but he is not going to make it there. Nope. Well, I think this is the year where he's finally going to exceed expectations on, on draft day, on fantasy draft day. If he went a little bit later, if he was going to the third, which is only, what, five picks later, he's going 20 overall, uh, on Fantasy Pros. Maybe that's why I don't like him, because I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, and he's going 20, and I'm like, man, you're telling me Joe Mixon's going one pick in front of Calvin Ridley? Go fuck yourself. Like, I'm taking Calvin Ridley that's 100 a position, times. That's a positional thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 100% positional. It's, like, in the standard league, yeah. like in a Fox league, are you really going to take Ridley over Mixon? I mean, I'm not taking Mixon at all. Either way, I'll you got work, him boxed? I'll, I'll work around it. He's pretty much a box guy, yeah. yeah I like see I I, yeah. I do and I and I will I'm, I don't see myself changing my opinion on him because I I don't see it getting worse like last year number 11 in fantasy points per game. Mm-hmm. Even though we played a little bit a little bit limited time, but he's been doing that every year. The situation is better. They got rid of Gio Bernard. Mm-hmm. Like he is other than one year, he's been pretty durable. I mean, when you when you're starting you know, 7, 13, and 15, and playing 14, 14, and 16 games a year, coming into one injury-riddled season, doesn't mean you're an injury guy. 20 is just too high for me. Man, I'm... Just flat out too high. Yeah, so this is this is our first real, like, pl- stake in the ground where we're way different on. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the... And plus, he's also catching balls, so this isn't just a... He's not getting volume guy. He's catching balls, but last year it was... Six point six yards per reception, reception which is like touchdown, yeah, fucking tight end 
shitty tight end number. <laughs> like honestly, that's a really bad number. They weren't they weren't scheming they they weren't scheming him the ball in the passing game. That's what that tells me. Is that he was just like a dump off after the play's busted and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like you're either catching it way behind the line or we're not getting you the ball a way that works. And they got a new new head coach. Was no, Zach they still Taylor got the same guy. He's still there. I saw him on the sidelines. I'm like, fuck. That dude, look, you know, I've known the name. He should be like 50. But no, he's still 38-looking, 38-year-old-looking Taylor. Yeah, that shit worries me, Zach man. Taylor. That shit really worries me. Um, you know what? Yeah, I, I would say there's the biggest chink in the armor. Never been, never been a super effective no. running back in the running game. I mean, like 4.1 and 3.6 yards per carry. It's, I know it's the offensive line, but also, like, I don't know. I, think, I, I see I, no reason to I think it's take holding, him that early. I think his ADP is like actually kind of nice because of that. Okay. When you're finishing, and he's kind of been that finished in those in that range every year. In terms, like I said, number eleven fancy points per game last year. He was probably taken as the number thirteen back or twelve back, right? So he's meeting his expectations, and that's priced in. And now I think this is the year that he makes a step. What's the difference? Okay. Between Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon. Well, for one, talent around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that's the number one thing, and that's enough for me. I mean, they're they're similar. I think I think Mixon's a better running back. It's close though. I love both their, their talent. Both I think Mixon's a freak talent. I just want Joe Mixon to go where Josh Jacobs is going, which is twenty nine. Right, and then I'm. I want I want people to overreact on Joe Mixon. I think they were like a month or two ago. Early in the early in the offseason. Ditching I, him? Yeah, I felt like people were like not touching this dude no matter what. And I'm not a not touching this dude no matter what. I'm a not touching this dude if he's my RB2. Right? If I can get him and start him at flex or some shit like that, like I mean, you're killing taking the cake. Like of course. Um but I feel like the market is I mean he's above Calvin Ridley, who is my like you love him, yeah. He's more like a wide receiver three. Like that's a numbers game more than it is. I don't think you're, anybody's saying he's a better player, but like, well, no, it is a numbers really, game, but and really hasn't fit officially done it like on that level yet. That's all. Why. So right. what you're saying is you're getting Ridley at a discount, but I think you're getting both these guys at a discount yeah. and where they're going. I, I can find a better player that I like a lot more in that range. I guess is what I'm saying. So, I'm, I'm comfortable enough. Be- taking him over one of the stud wide receivers because there's enough wide receiver talent. But I can totally, if I, if he's coming back on a swing on a, on the early pick in the second round and I've already got a running back, then it's a tough decision. Definitely. But if he's my, if he, if I've got a, you know, Tyreek Hill or Devonte Adams and Mixon scaring me in the face and my options are Mixon, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, I'm taking Mixon because of the guaranteed volume ton of volume, right? I mean, that's the one thing you cannot argue with. That is a successor in, in fantasy football, and he's already shown he can do it. At least, you know, you see the talent. Now, the next guy I have is that guy we haven't seen, it, which is Najee Harris. You, I think mm. you probably said you have Jonathan Taylor way higher. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is somewhere up there. I've got to figure out my feelings on him. I had him, I had I him like should, Eckler range. I think um, it's about time to talk about Jonathan Taylor. If you own Jonathan Taylor last year, you're banging your head against the wall for 10 weeks. Yeah, he's just got a lot of hype. He was a lot of helium which he earned. I mean, he's one of the best running back prospects, I don't know, since, like, Nick Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. Just a freak. But also, Colts just seem to be super interested in fucking around for 10 weeks. Frank Reich. Yeah. He's 
this is the biggest caution flag I think I can throw up is that you will hate Frank Wright, right? Mm-hmm. If you own Jonathan Taylor, and we don't know. We don't know if Marlon Mack is actually going to play a lot or not. Because last year, coming into the year, before he shredded his knee, I think it was, right? Or his, uh, his Achilles. Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Achilles, but he yeah. says he's, he's 100%, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. this year. I don't know what to believe in terms of that. But even without him, you were getting guys like uh, fucking Jordan Wilkins was getting significant <laughs> playing time. And Jordan Naheem, Wilkins. And Naheem Hines was getting volume that he wasn't doing anything with earlier in the year. Now, he, later in the year, he spiked and probably help people win their leagues but he was a headache too the reason they were all headaches is because you didn't know who was getting the rock yeah it happened every week now i did tell you on this podcast last year i guaranteed you i guaranteed you that he would get double digit touchdowns and he got i think 12 yeah 11 11 rushing one receiving one receiving because of that offensive line Mm. all comes back to the offensive line. oh yeah so his he's a relatively safe player because of that line and they certainly didn't have much of a drop off in quarterback can't get much worse than Philip Rivers. Yeah, I think I think quarterbacks better in the sense that he can threaten deep. At least I think Michael Pittman's going to have a couple fifty-yard bombs and T.Y. Hilton and all those other fuckers. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has the best running back schedule. Does that change anything for you? Because I had him, I have him in well, that. If early, it does matter to me. If it's later, if if those are coming later, then you don't really know how to, what to do with those numbers because you can only gauge what you think might happen early in the early mm-hmm. in the year and just hope that's what the case is. Mm-hmm. But typically after four or five weeks, you get a better read on these defenses. But last For year sure. at the end of the year, when they did have a kick scheduled down and, and you knew he was going to at least be more familiar with the offense and all that shit. I was, I'd had to trade him to get Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. in uh, in one of my leagues. But I was like, I remember calling the commissioner. I was like, I'm giving up a piece. And he did. He was like, oh, who cares about Jonathan Taylor? I'm like, dude, this guy's going to fucking kill at the end of the year. Yeah. But I also needed that guy to win games. So I traded and, yeah. and he ended up winning and helped me out and all that shit. And I got Lamar Jackson. But then I watched Jonathan Taylor. I was about crying when I was like, yeah. God, I knew this was going to happen. Jonathan Taylor last year. Meet Najee Harris this year. <laughs> Except for. <laughs> opportunity, right. Well. It's different. It's the line. It's the line. We talk about this. Uh, we'll bang well, the your... line, but also, I mean, I think Najee's going to get carries week one, whereas Jonathan Taylor, they just fucked around for they fucked around 10 forever. weeks. Indy has the number three. Dude, the fact that he ended line. with five yards per carry after the shit that it was the first 10 weeks is insane. Like, I'm... I'm he got benched one game when they fumbled. I think yeah. it was against Baltimore. They returned it for a touchdown. I'm boosting but, Jonathan Taylor as we're talking. He's... He's moving up for me. I'm a little scared of him because of the Frank Reich fuck-around situation. Now, again, maybe it was because he's a rookie, but I also don't know what the deal is with Marlon Mack, and I'm just a little... And he's not going to get any volume in the passing game. It's just not going to happen. He got 39 targets last year, 36 receptions. That's not bad. That's not, not bad considering Naeem Hines was there, and they fucked around Jordan Wilkins, and that's not bad. Marlon Mack... That's more than a lot of guys. almost for sure be in that mix. I would think so, but... I don't know. They haven't. And it's, not River, and it's not Rivers dumping off to him. No, that's the thing. Philip Rivers will turn any running back into a 35, 40 catch guy, even Naim Hines and rookie Jonathan Taylor, right? But that's, that's a more impressive number than I thought. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's a coaching thing or if that was a, strictly the quarterback thing. Because I don't think Carson Witz throws a ton to running backs that I remember. Um, I don't know. I'm talking myself into Jonathan Taylor as we're looking at it. I didn't realize his numbers finished where they were in that hot finish, which 
didn't much matter for guys that owned him because he got their ass beat because he had to be drafted high <laughs> and you're having to start him and he's having he's not delivering for you. For oh, I thought first. he was and he ended up being well worth the value. Like last year I based my all of my fantasy drafts around Jonathan Taylor because I knew the line was going to be awesome and I saw I know how good he was in college again, you know, and then they drafted him to one overall. So they mm-hmm. saw on a weekly basis, what I saw a handful of times. Yeah, week 13 through 17, seven yards of carry, seven and a half, 5.2, 4.1, Just, yeah, destroyed it, man. And Can we rely on Frank Reich, though? That's the question. That's why I'm terrified of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they weren't good last of year. Of being right? a first-round draft pick. Like, am I really going to place all my eggs in that basket with Frank Reich? Not. Yeah, he's going ninth, which seems insane. I have him after Aaron Jones, so he would not be going, you know, next running back would be 13 Eckler. I'd put him in maybe Eckler's spot, so like the second round, right? I've gone back and forth. I started him out high, and I lowered him because I I was Mm. like, I got to remember all the shit that I went through last year to get to those 12 touchdowns. Yeah. Again, he's fucking awesome, but I'm just worried about the fucking around shit that Frank Wright. And again, I say fucking around. Fucking around because I'm not the head coach. I am. He's on my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. And as a head coach, he's trying to pace him yeah you know which makes yeah. sense yeah and it he's, he was right last five games of the season was the time to unleash him and you killed it yeah got them where they needed to be even though they weren't i mean they're, they weren't a good football team they were a first round exit but i don't know i so i bounced and this i'm this is all still like a recurring like question in my head like Najee harris i bumped him up one over jonathan taylor i have him so i have Najee harris after Joe Mixon, right in front of Jonathan Taylor. So I have mm. Harris. I have Harris at eleven, and the reason why is listen, I, the offensive line, like I said earlier, is dead last, or he's thirty-one, I think, on this list. They are thirtieth out of thirty-two teams, so they're in the dead zone. But we do not. <laughs> I wrote this down. We do not ignore three down backs in any format for any reason. Three down backs. You have to trust that that's at least going to there's – a, there's a uh, floor on that that it's pretty high. Mm-hmm. And I know we all have seen the talent. We've seen him hurdle all that shit. And I, we just saw the play. Did you see the preseason catch that he turned into? Mm-hmm. A, yeah, the sideline tip. That was against like the third teamers of whoever the fuck they were playing. Yeah, I it was still impressive what. though. Yeah. I, I just don't see a need to take Najee that high. Um Next guy for me would be DeAndre Swift. I, I love DeAndre Swift. I think we're being... You definitely have him higher than the market does. But I think we're being absolute idiots about DeAndre Swift. You're taking um, him over uh, over JK? Oh, yeah. DeAndre Swift is in front of Clyde. If you want to know where my honest position of Zeke is, it's right here. <laughs> uh, and then Najee. Um, well, I can already tell you, you're not taking Zeke in the second round early, are you? You're just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, if you, <laughs> you'll start thinking about it, though. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, yeah. Am I crazy no. here? <laughs> I mean, DeAndre Swift, number one, coming into the draft last year, I was like, this guy's maybe the best running back, right? Are we being dumb about this? Like, Jonathan Taylor is like a Superman, but DeAndre Swift, like, just gets the shit done. Like, he just, no one can touch him, no one can tackle him. And then he goes into last year and he misses, you know, three games or so. Still well, gets 46 receptions. Drop the, drop the biggest one of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Add that in there. Yeah. Um, eight touchdowns, two receiving. Like, that team's going to be bad, but they have a good offensive line. And if they throw late, 
that's fine. I think he's the second best receiver, maybe the best receiver on that team. And I just, I think we're being idiots about DeAndre Swift. So I think we're being idiots about the Lions in general. Yeah, I, well, I agree with the second statement for sure. Most of the first statement, I'm looking where he is on uh, Fantasy Football Calculator. He is the second to last pick and the third. Which should put him at one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll take that all day. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So he's seventeenth, and I haven't, I had, had 16th written down on here. So I'm a little bit higher than the market. He's going 33 overall in Fantasy Pros, RB19, behind Dave Montgomery, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins. You're fucking kidding me. So I think right now we're identifying our first, like, the one we've agreed on as a value, right? The Dude, one that we're ahead of the market on. Such a value to me. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear somebody tell me why DeAndre Swift is not going to have a better year than Dave Montgomery, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs. Oh, Jamal Williams and Jared Goff are in the offense. And, you know, that's, this is what you hear repeatedly, is that Jared Goff's not a good quarterback and the Lions don't have any receivers. And, you know, it's just going to be a shit show on offense. <laughs> and, that, and, you know, it's the same old shit. They just see that, that jersey number and they yeah. see Jamal Williams. Like, now he's going to, I mean, he could still, he could end up being the RB1 or it could be, it could be half and half. People get confused because Jamal Williams was like startable as like a second flex for a couple games that he needs to be with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback needs to be recognized as like a threat to whatever starting running back he goes and plays behind. And the Lions are idiots and they do like say dumb shit about how they're going to mix running backs. It's Dan Campbell. Like the fuck they're going to play one game. DeAndre Swift is going to have a 50 yard run where he breaks three tackles and they're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the best player on our offense. That's him. And we have an awesome, awesome offensive line. Great tight end. And if you're telling me Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell don't want to pound the fucking rock at your face. Yeah, you don't think Hawkinson's going to be lining up and learning how to block with that kind yes, of coach? Yes, <laughs> dude. That's, I, no, Swift is – I'm high. I'm glad you like him too because I, I feel like I'm on an island listening to these podcasts. That I they think don't we're talk being about idiots. The they don't talk about Swift at all. I think we're being idiots. And he's got like some kind of minor injury now. Fucking love it. Love it, bro. value down again. Yeah, drag it down. Drag it down for sure. Um, yeah, so DeAndre Swift is next for me, then uh, Clyde. It's a reminder. Offensive line, number 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clyde is next for me, and then Zeke, then Najee. That's my honest-to-God rankings. So you really do have J.K. low. J.K.'s behind James Robinson, which would be next. Behind James Robinson? Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it just because he hasn't caught enough passes? Is that the problem? Again, is this PPR-based? No, no, no. I just fucking incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. I think the dude's super efficient, like Nick Chubb-level efficient. Obviously, six yards a carry. I just I think they're going to do what everyone who sees rookie season expects, like, let's grow on that. Oh, I do. I don't think Baltimore does. I think they're fine with that. I think they want to do that every single season. They want 130 carries from him. They want 100 carries from Gus Edwards. They want... Like, Gus Edwards is still really fucking good. I don't think... So, Edwards' role didn't change last year, and I don't think it's going to change this year. Mm-hmm. But, like, his, his snap count increased... Gus Edwards' snap count increased uh, by one after the bye. At a bye week, and mm-hmm. then Ingram was essentially just... We're not, we're not going to run you in our offense anymore. They played him sparingly, but Ingram essentially phased out. But his role didn't change. Um, but if you look at 
J.K. Dobbins' role, 22.8 snap counts a game before week seven, before the bye. After the bye, 35 and a half. Figured the shit out. They figured out. They saw how talented he was in that offense. Their offensive line is just fine, right? Their number mm-hmm. f- tied for fifth overall with Tampa, right? Really good offensive line. So that hasn't changed. And we always talk about the running quarterback, which they have the running quarterback. Always can open up gaps and whatever. Could he, could he take away some touches? Of course. Of course. But even though they added a wide receiver, their offense is going to be better. They played a rough schedule to start the year, which is, I think, a lot of people forget that when they look at Lamar's numbers. But J.K. Dobbins, dude, he is every bit as talented as any of the running backs going ahead of him. Every bit as talented. He's a fucking stud. I'm not going to pass on that for somebody like James Robinson in a shitty offense. I can't do it. I'm going to bank on the talent. And I'm taking it. I have J.K. Dobbins at 13, right behind Jonathan Taylor. Big fan of J.K. this year. Yeah, I just... Nine touchdowns on 134 attempts last year. That's a crazy touchdown percentage. If he doesn't do that again, if Lamar steals those touchdowns, if Gus Edwards steals those touchdowns, I don't think they're going to throw to him. They've told me... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. They've told me by their acquisitions <laughs> that they really want to pass the ball better and be better through the air. Um, sure. And they don't they don't give a shit about throwing their running backs, and they'd rather throw to Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman and all these other dudes. You really think um, it's going to happen, though? They're going to just air it out? I mean... Maybe a little more, but I don't think, I think it's going to take away from their offense. I have a big bounce back for Lamar. I think I Lamar think is going to get do, and it's very fair, yeah. close back, close to top three and maybe MVP level player mm-hmm. again. To me, that's not a good thing for J.K. Dobbins necessarily. It's just not. Um, I think Lamar keeps the ball more. I think they get chunks out of their passing game like they did two years ago instead of last year where he was just super inefficient, sputtering, could not get drives going. Um, I agree. I was sold on J.K. Dobbins coming in last year and then seeing how they used him and seeing how they just would not turn him loose and would not give him more than like eight to nine carries a game. As a rookie, though. As a rookie, 100%, but the formula hasn't changed much to me. Like, Baltimore wants to do what Baltimore is currently doing. That's all I was saying about the snap count. Like, after the bye week, Mm -hmm. it spiked for him. Yeah. It's because they trusted him more. Yeah. And I I don't see why that's going to slow down to me especially when they got they dumped mark ingram so he's out of picture now mm-hmm. so those numbers that the back half of the season are going to continue and the fact that he scored those touchdowns with dealing with uh, ingram in the first half of the season and dealing with a guy like gus who does get a lot of those goal line touches and lamar running in touchdowns like he did last year and getting all those r- rushing yards and still able to produce like that i'm very confident he's gonna this number is gonna tick up this year for him yeah. And I love the talent more, I think, more than anything. I think they could tick up a little bit. I'm not going to jump him into, hey, I want this guy in the top 15 picks. Where did he finish in fantasy points per game last year? Let's see here. He, I just think when you're targeting a running back, that he's, he's what we think Jonathan Taylor is in the passing game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we look at Jonathan Taylor and we're like, you don't catch passes. Uh, you're not worth our time. When actually he does catch passes, or did last year, J.K. Dobbins is not going to catch any fucking passes. So you're just aiming I think to he'll very, catch some. It's a very small landing area to me. He, I think he's going to catch more than he did last year. I mean, I would hope so. Justice Hill going to get in there and get time? No. I mean, last 
six weeks of the season. Lamar doesn't throw to running backs. This many targets. He doesn't throw to running backs. Two targets. Two. Last six weeks. When you got all that playing time that you're, that you're really loving, two targets, not two catches, two targets. They, just won't, they just won't throw to him. And so you're limiting overall yardage. You're limiting touches for him in general. And maybe they want to run him 15 times a game. I think that'd be fucking great. 18, he had 18 receptions last year. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let them show me before. And I think he's fine. I think he's fine where he's going. I'm not anti-J.K. Dobbins guy. I don't want to sound like it. I just don't, I'm not expecting a leap. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah. At, uh, like I said, the talent. Um, all right. Uh, who is are your next guy? Um, at this point, I stopped doing pure ranks, and I just like start listing guys that I want to take later or guys that are kind of in my zone. And Miles Gaskin, Chris Carson, and Javante Williams are my next guys that I'll likely draft because I'll be taking running back or wide receivers. Uh, in this let's range. talk about Miles Gaskin because yeah. he's a very uh, polarizing guy too. Yeah, forty-seven overall in fantasy pros. Um, I like him. Yeah, and you had him last year, right? Uh huh. In their Fox League, mm-hmm. another back end guy that you hit on. Started getting hurt, which sucked. Yeah, missed significant time, but I mean. They're bought in, apparently, which is fine for me. Offensive line's not great. But he is one of those dudes that's like, yeah, my second flex, or even my flex position, I feel pretty good. Or if you go strong on wide receiver early, he could be RB2. Yes, absolutely. Nothing wrong with Miles Gaskin. None of the numbers are going to blow you away. It was just kind of the opportunity in the 10 games, 142 carries, which is awesome. Um, is that more than J.K. Huge Dobbins? Huge snap rate year? last year when he was in, when he was there. Yeah, he was getting in. He was getting in every situation. Dobbins and, played 15 games, 134 attempts. Gaskins played 10 games, 142. So he's just getting. They just committed to him, which is people are afraid they're not going to commit to him this year. Right, but I mean, That's I don't know. I was worried about it because I've definitely seen the Rams, multiple teams. I think at this point, just. Look over at Malcolm Brown and go, man, he's big and strong. Like, let's give Malcolm Brown the ball. But I don't think that's a thing anymore. Yeah, uh, are you worried about the touchdowns going away because of that? Mm, not really. I mean, he didn't have significant touchdowns last year, five total. So there's not like you're baking in an outlandish touchdown mark. Like we just talked about J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> nine on fewer carries. Miles Gaskin at three, right? Um so, I don't know. I think the yards per carry can still be shit. They can be like four to four and a half. And if he gets 150 carries and those 40 catches are really what set him apart, 40 catches for any running back that's getting that many carries, is that changes it. Changes he the math. Finished one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in percentage of his own team snaps last year. That's very impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially for a dude that's a seventh-round pick that – you know, I know who he was out of Washington, but like, he could have easily just been cut and just dis a fucking peered. And no one knows who Miles Gaskin is again, but clearly Brian Flores likes him. And I think they, they were wavering like last week. I think Ma- Malcolm Brown got the starting carries and then the, week three. The week where they went down to, um, I think it was they played the starters a full half. Mm-hmm. He looked fucking incredible. Yeah. And. Scored two touchdowns, too, and caught a touchdown, one of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I, I think people are undervaluing his talent level. 
Yeah. He's not flashy. Right. Right? Yep. They want to see some guy who's got this long-range speed who's going to you know, get in a one-on-one foot race. He's not that guy. Right. But he just gets the fucking job done. Yeah. He's, he's not like, Alex Collins. He's no. better than that. He's, <laughs> yeah. He... It's he's like one of those guys where you don't know how good he is until you look on the stat sheet. Like Jesus, guy, he eats up inning eater, whatever you want to call him. But he's always he's good at, it, at really good at every little thing that he he's asked to do. Mm-hmm. He's he's what everyone keeps wishing like Daryl Henderson, Mike Davis would be to me. Mike Davis did have a great like first ten weeks or whatever last yeah, year. He slowed then it, down. Yeah, definitely fell apart. He just does all the little shit right, and he's a good player. Not going to ever be in the range of the guys we've already talked about. He's not on the plane of DeAndre Swift. Not on the same plane as J.K. Dobbins. Just gets the shit done. Like, he's just fine. And going at, where is he going right now? I think it's 47. You said you had him ahead of Clyde? No. No, no. no Clyde's, okay. Clyde's up there. We got Clyde. Okay. Yeah. We both we talked about Clyde earlier, and I think mm-hmm. we also mentioned him quite a bit on the yeah. The Gaskins is one of my guys. Segment. Is one of my running back guys where I'm like, I feel good if he's my flex or if I go super heavy wide receiver tight end RB two. Um, Monty, Dave Montgomery is not on my list this year. I'm just not. I probably wanted him taking him. He's just the vol- potential volume guy, but he's essentially in a box for me. I'm just. Not, I'm not gonna try to. I mean, I, again, I had some magic with him last year, too, at the end of the year only, and it was yeah. perfect. But uh, when you have the very worst or one of the very worst offensive lines in the league, yeah, and you just, have a rookie quarterback, I'm not going to touch that shit. No, nah, I'm good, man. They're number 29 offensive line. It was, it was bad through most of last season in the hot finish, I think, disguises a lot of it. Yep. For David Montgomery. Um where I was trying to trade him before he started catching fire and probably should have. I mean, Jesus, there's like six straight weeks where it's 2.7, 2.9, 3.1, 3.4, 4.2, 2.1 yards per carry. Bye week. Blows up after the bye week. So They played shit teams. Yeah, They're all the, shitty defenses. Exactly. Anybody paying attention should have seen that coming. Yeah, exactly. and just Because Tariq Cohen wasn't there. Yeah, and just get duds, dude. There's just like but now, seven weeks in here that are yeah, duds. But now Damian Williams is there. Yeah. Their offensive line's worse. Damian Williams sat out a year, so people kind of forgot what he dis- what he just mm-hmm. did yep. in a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Like, Mahomes got been. it. But. Yeah. Damian Williams is great, and he also, oh, by the way, catches a lot of passes. So mm-hmm. that all, those, all that extra shit that Tariq Cohen was taken away from Montgomery, that Montgomery stole basically down the stretch last year, that won all these people the fantasy leagues. There's a really good chance that a lot of that is going away. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just not. You hit lightning in a bottle with him last year. I'm not not doing it again. Good talent, but unless he's a, unless he's a really good value, I'm staying away. Yeah. We said basically the same things with Josh Jacobs, right? He's mm-hmm. essentially in the same box. I got ja- I got Jacobs like one ahead of Montgomery. Yeah. Chris Carson. We haven't talked to him, about him at all. Mm-hmm. He's probably ahead of both of those guys for me. Hmm. Is he not for you? I, I've been burned by Chris Carson a couple times with just the injury thing. Yeah, no, he's and he's going to he's going to probably play thirteen games. Yeah, it's just brutal because he gets like very hardcore injuries where you don't know if it's like two or eight weeks, <laughs> and it just happens like consistently. And I, I don't know, I'm just kind of done with it. I, the, the upside isn't there for me. 
Like, I'd rather take a younger dude who's going to catch fire late in the season. Like, oh, he's got warts for sure. But when he's playing, he's really nice to have. When mm-hmm. he's, typically, when he's playing, he's 80% of the time he's going to score a touch. I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns last year. Yeah. He's always fun to own when he's playing. But he, yeah. is like, he can be a headache, and it's been kind of a repeated thing with him. Yeah. And, I mean, I play in a lot of PPR leagues and a lot of Dynasty leagues, and that's where his value is the lowest. So I'm just kind of like swerve on Chris Carson. I haven't really adjusted my value of James Robinson and really compared him to these guys. I kind of want to do that right I haven't, now. I haven't yet either. I mean, I think that's another lightning in a bottle guy. Like, bad offensive line. New quarterback, new system. Which, by the way, uh, did you watch that game against no. the Saints? So they got the shit kicked out of them in the first game. And then they come in and they had Urban Wire quoted as saying, you know, we, we were too vanilla with our offense. He's like, I want these guys to feel what it's like to win a game. Mm-hmm. I think he was being very sincere about it. Because you could see the look on our faces when the score was 30-3, to three, whatever it was. They were getting their ass kicked. It was... You're, they were like coming to reality that this team is really fucking terrible. <laughs> they do not look like ready for prime time at all. This offense is not ready. It's going to take a while, I think. Mm. It just looked. It just looked like it was a struggle bus for all of them to to come to that reality. Because he said, "I want these guys to know what it's like to win a game. We're going to open it up a little bit." And they got the shit kicked out of them. I mean, again, they they closed it. The final score looked better because the third teamers, you know, looked good against the Saints' third teamers, but. Mm. I'm a little worried about where that thing is headed this year, and I'm I'm really tempering my expectations for every single guy involved. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll be as stubborn with James Robinson's usage as they were last year. Like I can't explain what the fuck happened with James Robinson last year. And I can't either. Bad nobody, team. Nobody saw it coming. Kept giving him the rock. Undrafted rookie. Undrafted rookie. Didn't just want to see what it was like to give LaVisca Chenault 10 targets or 10 touches a game. Like, right. what are we doing? Your most talented offensive weapon. So I can't explain what happened last year, so I'm not banking on it again. Like, that's that's bad process to me. That's yeah. that's a bad bet. Um, if he does fall far enough, and I can convince myself that, like, this is an RB2 that can solidify the rest of my roster, because, again, I've gone wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Or throwing a tight end, tight end in there when most people are popping a running back, I'll be okay. But I'd rather, I'd probably rather have Javante Williams, Denver Broncos backfield mix. So, so along with the rookie quarterback, they are the twenty seventh ranked offensive line. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's bad. All right, so we're only down to a handful of dudes that will even be tempted to say their names <laughs> at this point. Um, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are kind of the cutoff there. I don't know if you're a Damian Harris guy, but people, um, a he's more, rising. A little more after the trade, after mm-hmm. they traded Sonny Michelle. Um, for me, I perked up because of Ramondi Stevenson, who's been fucking amazing mm-hmm. in preseason. Yes, I'm an OU guy, but he like looked legit, like LeGarrette Blunt-level potential goal line league winner type guy that you can get for free in your league. So put him on your radar. Mike Davis, we didn't probably talk much about him. Yeah. Getting all the carries apparently in Atlanta. Could be a, you know, side, re- respectable offense with uh, <clears throat> getting the kid, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, uh, in the lineup. He's going late fourth round. What, do you, what are your quick thoughts on him? I, I won't be taking Mike Davis. I think that's, uh, I think last year, not that it was a fluke. Like, I've seen the dude for a handful of years now and knew, like, oh, he's, you know, like a fine running back. 
I just don't think that's a difference maker. Like, I think banking on, I think the end of his season tells me more about him than the beginning did. Is it, now, my one thing about him, division opponent that liked him, so I value that because they've seen a shit ton of tape on the guy, mm-hmm. whether scouting that team or the other team. And so, I, for me, it makes him worthy of a, like an RB3. Don't want him as my RB2, but uh, he's I also don't know if they're very safer. good scouts of the running back position because uh, <laughs> Todd Gurley. <laughs> Todd Gurley was on their roster. Todd Gurley and then Javian Hawkins was like their backup who they just flat out cut, uh, the rookie kid. And so I just I don't know if the Falcons know shit about the running back position. It's getting dire straits here. I mean, Daryl Henderson, is, his, his ADP is about to tumble a little bit. Yeah, injury, right? Well, not just the injury, but the fact that they just traded for Sony Michelle. Oh, that's true. Yeah, now he's splitting. Like, Daryl Henderson. <laughs> you don't like him as a talent. You remember you saying that last year. No, he's he's just a guy, but he had some really good peripherals last year. Um, yeah, his PFF had him pretty high. Yeah, like, he was fine. Really good receiver of the ball out of the backfield, surprisingly enough. Like, some, yes. some dynamic uh, stuff to his game, but... Number three in, in pass protection in PFF, he number just, overall PFF running back grade. Like I said last year with Cam Akers taking his job, like they keep telling me they don't like Daryl Henderson, and they just traded for Sony Michelle. Like, what don't they like about Daryl Henderson? The numbers seem to be fine whenever he gets an opportunity. Nothing special, but I don't know. Is he just not good at reading the play? Some, something's there that you can't see through these numbers. And they like using. I think they've learned their lesson with Gurley. They they don't want to approach it with a one three down back either. Yeah, the Cam Makers injury is such a bummer. So they traded for another like injury riddled running back. Yeah, R.I.P. Cam Akers and Travis Etienne. They would have made this running back position a lot more interesting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and then you you know you start sliding off into Buffalo backfield, which no. nothing's changed. So why would you box. expect <laughs> yeah. box for me? I'm not, I, I'm not even sure in the 14th round I'm drafting any of those guys. Yeah. Trey Sermon is interesting as you mentioned on the, the opener, but I don't know. I feel like he's going higher than what this says, which is 91st. Or, I'm glad I'm late at end of the six is what this one has him in. Jay, yeah. That sounds more right. Yeah. he literally right next to Melvin Gordon, who I'm not taking in any league, but you know, at that late, you have to start considering him. We both said we love Javante. Um, fucking talented as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Last, last half of the season, Javante Williams might have a Cam Akers type wrap to the season. Um, the rest of these dudes are like, I Chase. don't know. Chase. I'm more oh, intrigued Edmonds. by Chase. I'm, I'm intrigued by him not because he really showed me anything last year when he got the opportunity, but um, they do have a better offensive line, which makes me a little more interested and he's going to get the volume mm. until he gets hurt. He didn't really prove enough to me to show that he sh- – I mean, obviously, if he had proven anything last year when he got the opportunity, he wouldn't be going in the middle of the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a huge fan. Um, Mostert's in the middle of the fifth there. Yeah, big fan of Raheem Mostert. I just, uh, I'm going to be really desperate. I have to be a really specific build for me to think that I need to take and risk – the injury that's going to happen to Raheem Mostert, right? It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe maybe that's why people are juiced up on Trey Sermon. He's 29. Um, yeah, he's, he's older, but also, I mean, there's going to be a month where Raheem Mostert is freaking awesome. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, 
I can see the future on Raheem Mostert, and there's going to be a four-week stretch where you're like, Jesus Christ, the guy went for two touchdowns again and it, 120 yards on, like, 10 carries. It it makes this a lot – I mean, I don't remember if I can recall a season where, man, once you get to the first running backs, there are so few running backs down here that I have any interest in. Yeah. It's very thin, man. People are fooling themselves with Michael Carter with – no. Bucks backfield. No thank you on the Jets with the borderline. They were decent. I mean, I don't know. They're back half offensive line, but they, they could be running four running backs out there. Mm-hmm. No yeah. interest in that. That's with the rookie not quarterback. Not happening for me. I guess the <laughs> Texans backfield is a thing that exists, which is just hilarious to me. Um, Philip Lindsay, maybe because he's you know like the least shitty running back on a shitty team, but I'm not probably doing that. It's just bad. You can't win a league that way. Yeah, that's just all bad. And then the rest of these guys, this is how you treat the rest of the running back position is if someone pops off or a usage gets out of whack week one, spend heavy on that guy. Like, you're not going to find... It's almost like perfect wing players in the NBA. You're not going to find the guy unless you find him super early and you draft him super high or you spend like half your fab on him. That's what I was saying about Ramondre. He's like he's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Michelle also still like right now. I'm sure there's going to spike a lot more. I can't imagine him going twelfth in the twelfth round or in a in the twelfth round yeah. in, here in the next couple. Of days. Yeah, like it's going to keep going up. Ramondre Stevenson gets ten carries and like three of them are on the goal line. Like just notice that shit. Read. Check out Stealing Signals. It's a uh, newsletter from Ben Gretsch. I think you have to do a Substack thing, but he follows all that kind of shit. And it tells you, like, snap counts that are out of whack. Does this mean something? Or was it the last two minutes of the game and it doesn't mean shit? And there's going to be some. There's gonna be two or three running backs week one. Yeah, you might pick up Naeem Hines, and people might clown on you. You also might pick up James Robinson. Right. Or Mike Davis, for that matter. And then you're laughing at them for the rest of the season. So go hard on running back week one. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, by the way, mm-hmm. is one of those guys you have to pay attention to, especially in a PPR league. I mean, <laughs> we already know they don't have any running backs that are legitimate pass catchers. And mm-hmm. now they go out and get a guy who we all know is one mm-hmm. from, a, from a quarterback that's dying to throw to a legit running back who can catch passes. Giovanni Bernard catching passes from Tom Brady is nothing to look the other way on, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in a PPR league. Pay attention to that early. When, when do we have, have mentioned it all? We don't want to go long on him, but I think it's funny how uh, how all of the or- Eagles organization seems to really just fucking hate Miles Sanders. <laughs> His snap count last year was insane. <laughs> they just seem to be like talking shit on him every time they get a chance this this off season, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? So anyway, Kenneth Gainwell, what do you think of that? I'm like, Boston Scott's gonna get half the touches this yeah. year. All this shit. Like, what's y'all's problem? Like, y'all own him. Y'all know that, right? You have his <laughs> rights. You're supposed to, like, build the guy up. I No matter what the situation is, you build him up. Because he got to trade if you want to get trade value for him. Yeah, so it's just confusing why they just want you to know Miles Sanders sucks. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get their philosophy on Miles Sanders. And he's just, you know, void of a couple 80-yard touchdown runs last year. He's, like, RB, like, 35 or something. Are you interested in him at all? Man. Um, I passed on him in everything. I would have to go look back and see what he did with Hertz. They added Carry On Johnson to free agency. Who one of the problems with Miles Sanders is 
pass protection. Carry on, who used to be shitty at that, mm-hmm. number two overall in pass protection. But Sanders played 71% of the team's snaps, so I don't really know what they're trying to tell us here. They're just trying to tell us that they all of a sudden trust carry on in passing downs, and he's going to usurp all those opportunities that Sanders had last year but never really took advantage of. Man, they just seem to hate fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to split up their backfield between Boston Scott, Kerryon Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, and Miles Sanders. I believe Sirianni, Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. Hey! Yeah. Has a history of that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gross. My that's only, a gross backfield. The only other guy that I, I would even throw in here before we wrap it up, to me, is uh, Gus Edwards. I, I don't know why he's still going so late. He's getting all sorts of... He's got, His role never changed last year. Uh, I already gave you the snap count that he was, it just increased one after the bye. So nothing even changed after Ingram was phased out. Um, PFF ranked him number five overall in running backs in 2020. He's good, dude. He's There's, very good. I, and if somehow Dobbins gets hurt, you might want to double his chances. Uh, Gus Edwards is on his own a pick. He's a flex with. He's one of those guys he flex with benefits. Mm-hmm. Benefits. Yeah. Love him. Absolutely. And then whoever is the uh, – if Latavius Murray gets cut, that's super interesting, whoever the – Secondary running back for the Saints is Jones. Yeah, Tony Jones. Tony Jones Jr. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard, uh, another guy. If you're getting, if you're getting um, Christian McCaffrey, one of the few handcuffs that I advise you taking is Chuba Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And I will hedge so hard on the Zeke collapse that I might be interested in Tony Pollard. Sure, <laughs> he's, he's one of the other few. <laughs> other than um, that, uh, yeah. I don't really see anything else in here. I give a shit about like maybe Damian Williams. I could be talked into that, but shitty offensive line makes me like okay, he's just there to steal fantasy points from yeah. David Montgomery, but not enough for me to roster him. You don't, yeah, and you don't probably have to. <laughs> no. No. If you want to add him week two because someone on your roster gets hurt, that's totally fine. Um, all right, there's running back position. That's how you win, um, or that's how you at least you. <laughs> stack wins through the regular season nailing the wide receivers that's what I'm all about so we'll do that next Stay home with our